Hello and welcome to the latest episode of PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed and on today's show we're going to be discussing PSG winning league on for a record 11th time, the 1-1 draw against Strasbourg, Neymar's absence, and the latest rumors involving PSG. First, let me remind you to visit psgtalk.com for the latest Paris Saint-Germain news. For premium commentary on all things PSG, head over to PSG Talk Extra Time on Substack and make sure you subscribe for free. And of course, if you enjoy this fine podcast, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review if you feel so inclined. All right, joining me on today's show, we have Ethan from PSG Talk Boise. Ethan, good evening. Thanks for coming on. How is your Memorial Day weekend going so far? Well, it's it's been pretty good. Uh, I woke up real sick on Friday, so I didn't work then and um, just kind of been in bed watching football all weekend. But uh, it's it's not bad. I mean, if I'm going to be sick, then I'd rather have it be a weekend where I can watch football uh, the whole time. So not too bad, but yeah, pretty good weather here in Boise. I, I would guess it's pretty similar uh, to where you're at. But yeah, it's it's been solid. Yeah. How's how's your uh, how's your week been and how's everything been? Yeah, everything is pretty good. Like you have also been sick all week. We tried to record earlier this week and I was just in a coughing fit. So I've got a lozenge right now. I've got a big jug of water here. So hopefully I can make it through without getting into a coughing fit. And if you're watching this on YouTube, look at this production value. Now I no longer have to ask Ethan to tell everyone how to find him on Twitter. We've got it right there on screen for you. So make sure you go and give him a follow. All right, Ethan. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. What were you gonna say? Yeah, you go. You go. Well, no, I was just gonna jump into it because uh, I hate to rub it in, but uh, your Lakers got swept. LAFC's crashed out of the U.S. Open Cup. Real Salt Lake still in it. I, I add. Yeah. Uh, but PSG today provided some good news by limping across the line today to claim its 11th league on title. They're the most successful team in France now. Um, why is this trophy – I saw some tweets from you, so I just wanted you to kind of share. Why is this trophy worth celebrating even when most supporters would say this season as a whole has been pretty disappointing? Yeah, I, I don't think we can ever – I think it's a bit uh, kind of disrespectful. And um, uh, yes, we are easily the highest spending team in the league. We easily have the highest wage bill. Um, but it's it's a bit disrespectful to not uh, respect the, the league on trophy and – and being champions of France, uh, regardless of, of what you know spending might be, and yes, it, it is a trophy that we should be winning, and it's it's not particularly miraculous that we won it. But um, I mean, I I think we've both been fans since before QSI, and those were those were some uh, rough days calling the capital in the early to mid two thousands, and um, I don't think we can really take trophies for granted after that. Uh, we we are a bit fortunate, you know, to be as as rich of a club as we are. Uh, I would chalk that up to being marketable. I mean, it's not like any random club is gonna be a, you know be the the focal point of a of a rich takeover. Uh, you got to have you know some strengths and assets before that. But um, yeah, it's you know to be French champions eleven times, uh, we can't underestimate it. I mean, um, there haven't been a bunch of, I mean. 
a record 11th winners. That's not a bunch of titles, especially for a club that was, you know, the modern, modern creation of the club was, was founded in 1970. And you see, you look at most leagues, most domestic leagues. I mean, Benfica won their 38th Portuguese title today. Uh, just French history, the amount of clubs that have won Liga that still exist is just not that high. And there's been a huge variety of winners in the past. Um, and Say last, Etienne, I think, had a, a run there for a little bit. Saint Etienne had the record for a long mm-hmm. time. I think they won. They kind of stopped winning in the 80s. But, um, I mean, yeah, Lyon won it seven times in a row. And that was, you know, they didn't have a particularly uh, bunch of money. So... I guess that wasn't really a coherent, you know, thread of, of discussion, but um, yeah, can't disrespect titles. We got to be, I'm, I'm very grateful for every trophy that we're going to win. I mean, as we've seen, money does not always equal success. Yes, to your point, PSG should be winning this title every season, but it's very difficult. It is a long season. You have injuries. All kinds of things can happen. And the fact that PSG were able to at least get this trophy certainly worth celebrating it's not the one that we all want but we need to be celebrating it we saw um it was at Bayern Munich today uh due to Dortmund uh drawing uh they were able to uh win the Bundesliga for I think have they won it 10 11 seasons in a row now yeah so they and they were out there celebrating with fans so it is certainly momentous. It's certainly worth something to. It's certainly worth uh, something worth celebrating, and it's not like every season we have the same players. We have new guys who've come into the team um, that that have never celebrated. Maybe this is their first trophy. So I feel good for them. For Mbappe, it's another trophy in the trophy cabinet. Definitely, let's celebrate it as fans. It, it is definitely an accomplishment. It is a long season. It's a testament to being consistent. Uh, over and, and let's not also forget league on has is increased its level of play i mean look at longs at what they're doing this season um there's been several teams every game's been a battle home and away teams aren't afraid of psg anymore they test them so i think maybe this season more than maybe some in the past i feel even kind of more proud of this because of everything that we've had to go go through the world cup in the middle of the season I, this is definitely a trophy I think we're celebrating. Any any more thoughts on that one? Yeah, I agree. This is probably the the best that Liga has been in a while. I mean, uh, Nantes might get relegated next week if they don't beat Angers, and they were in Europe this season. Like They, they gave Juventus a decent fight in the Europa League knockout rounds. Um, I think the mid-table, especially of Liga, has, has improved the last couple of years. Um, I, that's usually my my biggest uh, pro or the, the thing I prop up Liga on the most. While our top six collectively usually aren't uh, as strong as, as other leagues, you know, we don't see our clubs doing as well in Europe as Germany, Italy, Spain, and England. But our mid-table teams are always really strong. And you can always – it's very easy for clubs to drop points against them. Um, I, one other thing that I would say is – uh, I remember there's this movement around March and April. Uh, Marseille fans were, and, and some Lons fans, which I don't, uh, I, I'll give Lons fans credit on this one because they were super good this year. And if they had the same budget as us, then they would have won the league. But uh, a lot of Marseille fans were saying, you know, we, I think we're the real, we're the, the true champions of France, is what they were saying. And um, I think PSG Fan Club Seattle said it best earlier today. He said, um, 
you know, even though we spend the most money and all that, uh, at least we're not out here losing at home to Stad Brestois and Ajaxio like Marseille did. Um, so even even to the other rich clubs, they're not obviously as loaded as us, but um, it's very apparent that that most Liga games are are tough. I, you don't see a lot of nine zero wins anymore, like like we had you know against Troyes a couple years ago. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would definitely agree with that. That you said Liga's got better. I mean, last year, well, compared to last year, we've actually got more points at this uh, stage of the season than we did last season. And if we win next week, then we'll we'll have uh, you know more points than we did last season. So a lot of people say, you know, why did it take PSG till match day thirty seven to win the league? Uh, when last time they did it at match day 33, we've got the same amount of points as last year. We're doing the same domestically this year as last year, but actually just with a, a smaller wage bill and a much smaller wage bill of available players. It's just because lawns have been that good. They've been so good. They've got every, you know, uh, Frog Hayes and their sporting director. They've got everything together. They've got great midfielders in, um, in um, Fofana, and they've got other great players. They've got, I mean, Satoko, Penda. Um, Openda could win, could have, you know, won the golden boot had he had, if he, I mean, if he was at PSG, he would have won the golden boot. So yeah, really good season from them. And I would agree that you could definitely argue that this one is, you can be more proud of it than a lot of years in the past. I, I just remember, um, I forget what year, but we won Liga with 96 points. Mm-hmm. And I think Leon came in second with 65. Was that in the uh, Laurent so Blanc the era? between that. I think so. Yeah, I think it was Laurent Blanc's second to last year. I could be wrong, but yeah, I mean that year we won it by thirty-one points. Um, you, obviously, Liga has improved since then, so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, excellent. It's uh, very well said, and you sort of is a segue into the next topic I want to talk about. So it looks like Lons is going to qualify, uh, go right into the group stage of the Champions League, which is phenomenal uh just a couple seasons ago they were in the second division so hats off to them i think you summed it up perfectly there um marseille if they finish there they're gonna have to go into the qualifying stage of the champions league we've got one more match day remaining psg have now wrapped up the league officially what are you going to be watching there's a couple storylines out there you mentioned nonsen Alger, maybe um to battling out to see who gets relegated you've got killian mbappe May not win the Golden Boot because Lacazette's right there behind him. I think only two goals behind him. So, what are you you keeping your eye on? Yeah, Yeah, so I will be watching for the Golden Boot race. Lacazette scored today, so he has only one goal behind. uh, Oh, one goal. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he scored today. And then uh, one of my my best buddies, uh, he's he's a PhD fan. He and I really bonded in college over... Our support of uh, PSG was my first roommate. He's the one that when I uh, when I went to Paris in February, and I saw a couple matches at the park. He's the one I went with. But uh, he lived in uh, Auxerre for uh, a good part of his childhood uh, when he wasn't living in Paris. So he he likes Auxerre a lot. So I will definitely be rooting more than anything for them to not get relegated next weekend. But other than that, I would love to see Mbappe win win the Golden Boot for sure. And then lastly, I don't think Galtier will do it, but even with all the squad uh, injuries and everything, I mean, you could see our the guys that we had not sitting on our bench and were sitting in the stands was better than what we had on the actual bench today. Just we had 
we had like six subs today. We had Sergio Rico, backup goalkeeper, Soler, and then we had four uh, TTs, four youth academy guys. And then on the in the stands watching was Kempembe, Mukiele, uh, Nuno Mendez, a bunch of guys. So uh, that said, even with all those injuries, I would love to see some of those guys, some of those young players get minutes here at the, the very end. Uh, but I just don't – I mean, I think if we were going to see them play more or, or you know trend towards playing at the end of the season here, I think we probably would have seen it uh, – see them appear earlier or at least – semi-occasionally in games that we were up big. But um, other than that, not I, that's about it. Anything that I didn't cover that you're going to be watching out for? No, I think those are the main storylines. I mean, I guess if I look at the table here, you know, Monaco and Leon, they're out of uh, Europe altogether right now. Leon especially yeah. are going to need a little bit of a miracle. I think Monaco, mm-hmm. with a result, maybe they could get in there. But um, So that'll be somewhat interesting. But I think for me, it's mostly yeah. going to be Mbappe. Can he score a brace, a hat trick against a pretty decent uh, Claremont foot side? Uh, can he extend and score some goals and, and win the golden boot? We know he loves all those accolades and scoring goals and being at his best no matter what. So I think I'll just be looking. Hopefully, uh, Gaultier starts him. I can't imagine he wouldn't. So I, I think that's the the main storyline that I'm going to be looking for uh, there. But either let's discuss the the one one draw against uh, Strasbourg because it was somewhat of a weird match. The lineup had a little bit of everything. It had some superstars. It had some youngsters. It had players on the fringes who may be on their way out at the end of the season. What did you take away from this match? Um. Gosh, what did I take away? It's, you know, I'm, I'm not a, the kind of guy that wants to change manager every single season. Uh, but that said, it really just seems like Galtier has totally lost his effect on the team. It seems like uh, the way I just look at it is if he's trying to change up stuff tactically, it doesn't seem like the players are listening or he's just lost it tactically, which is just so weird to think about considering how good some of his Saint-Étienne uh, and Lille and Nice sides were. Um, so it's just really odd. It seems like it seems like he's just totally lost any sort of grasp on on what the you know the locker room, the dressing room uh, is you know whether they're going to listen to him or not. So I just think that's a bit strange because it seemed like for the thousandth week in a row was what it feels like. We just were not. You know, the tactics were get it to Messi. Hopefully Messi will assist Mbappe. And if he doesn't, then we're not going to score, basically. Um, so it just we just look so stagnant. We just It's not good football to watch. doesn't make me excited. Um, yeah, just, just overall kind of lackluster, just kind of a dud. Uh, yeah. And I just wonder, I just wonder if, you know, we were playing pretty dang good before the World Cup break. And I just wonder if maybe Galtier has completely lost uh, his effect on the team, which if that's the case, I mean, to, to lose the effect on, on a team like PSG in a, in a year, I feel like is either a scathing indictment of the manager or the players. Mm-hmm. And at this rate, because of how many managers we've went through recently, I, I'm not, I don't think Galtier has not been perfect. He's been far from perfect this year. But it is pretty weird 
how quickly a lot of managers can lose their mm-hmm. their influence on the players in our dressing room. And I'm not sure why that is, but I think it's clearly a problem. I mean, even thinking of Tuchel, uh, he was here for, I think, two and a half years. But after the Champions League final and we started the next season rough because they essentially didn't have an off offseason, uh, seemed like he lost grasp on And we were third in the league on a table when he got sacked in December. So it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of an odd. That's just what I was thinking for a lot of the match. And I think Strasbourg are going to do that to a lot of teams. They play kind of an ugly style. They they kind of defensively don't allow you to do a whole lot creativity-wise on, on the attacking end. So kind of anticipated a bit of an ugly game. But you would think, I mean, with the, the squad that we have, you're right. Gaultier's tactics at this point, we've seen it the last few games, get it to Messi or whoever has it just booted up the pitch uh, for Mbappe. Um, I kind of made a joke on Twitter and a lot of people got after me because the, the announcer, I forget, maybe it was Phil Schoen, uh, had said something that this was kind of like under 12 tactics where you just hoof it up the field and hope Mbappe can run on to it. It's yeah, just not inspiring that. football at the moment. Um, Strasbourg, I think what they do tactically made it even worse. And so it was, it was not a, a great game. It's like we're champions and you want to celebrate as we just kind of outlined. But like this was not the game that you were hoping PSG would play when they finally, you know, secured the, the league on title. So um, there was one player. There were a couple of things that jumped out at me. So I, I kind of want to dive into those right now is and this is a very simple is Bichyabu good, or is he just big? <laughs> oh, that's kind of brutal. Right now, right now, I think he's just big. Although he just turned 18, so I think give him a couple years and he could be good. Uh, but but no, he's he's not good right now. He's He's a physical player who doesn't use his physicality as well as he could, and he's just not good on the ball. So, yeah, I give, good thing he's 18 because I think I said – uh, on Twitter earlier today, if he was like 25, then he wouldn't even be at PSG. He might not even be on a mid-table league on a team, but he's got plenty of time to improve. So uh, any further comment on that? Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Caveat, he is 18, but, you know, when Mbappe was 17, 18, he was winning World Cup. So a lot of young players, I don't know, 18, you, you want to see a little bit more from him. And I, and I keep wanting and expecting more from Bichiabu and I just keep getting let down. We saw against Bayern Munich, he made a mistake and kind of led Verratti into a bad position where he got dispossessed and they Bayern Munich scored. And then today, just a horrible back pass. I'm wondering if he's just in the wrong position. If center back is an incredibly difficult position to play, Marquinhos is still struggling. And so I'm wondering, is he more of a defensive midfielder? Should we move him up the pitch a little bit instead of as a you know last line of attack or defensive line kind of guy? Just move him up a little bit. I just I just would at his age maybe this is the time where you can experiment, and we've got to figure it out because there are some reports that are linking him with a move to Germany, a Bundesliga side, and some decent money. And I would love to know. Is, if, is he good or is he not? And if not, let's take the 15 million euro and, and send him and maybe include like a buyback clause or something if he ever gets it together. But I, I'm, I'm, I think it's, it's fair to start asking the question like, he's getting playing time, okay, but it's not clicking. What do we do with him? Uh, loan. Yeah. I would just loan, I would loan him to a, 
um, a mid-table club in a in a good league, and if he turns out good and then great. I think he would also. I don't know if it would be the best thing for his development, but I think he could be pretty dang good in a kind of club that's just like Strasbourg. It's going to sit with a really low block, and they're just going to defend crosses all day long. Because obviously he's a great, you know, he can be a great aerial presence if he if he uses his strength well. Um, but yeah, right now, gosh, I'm wondering when I first kind of heard about him a couple years ago, whenever he came onto the scene, uh, I was thinking, man, he could be like a good, strong uh, central center back. Where, but we see him playing off on the left uh, quite a bit. So yeah, it's still you know we're playing with three center backs. But I don't think him playing out wide is is kind of good at all. I think that he maybe maybe just feels a little safer being by the sideline. But really, it's just a little more dangerous because you know uh, you know attack pressing forwards can use that sideline as an extra defender and get him to make some of these bad passes. I'm not quite sure what the issue is, but um, yeah, I think we got to loan him. Yeah, hopefully Campos has got a lot of business. Hopefully that's one thing he's got high on his list. Another player that, that stood out, um, Gianluigi Donnarumma. So Kevin Gamero, former PSG player, of course, he scores in the 79th minute for Strasbourg. And, and Donnarumma, Donnarumma may have not been completely at fault for the goal today. It, he made the save and there was a, a rebound and Gamero just jumped on it faster. But Going into next season, do you think PSG needs to sign not not like a Keeler Navas type goalie, but not and also not like a really young keeper either, but like maybe something in the middle there just to keep pressure on Donnarumma because I don't know how much I love that he's out there and he's like no matter what I do, they don't have any other person that can come in here for me. So I can. There's no pressure on me. If I mess up, so what? I'm gonna play next week. I'm gonna play the week after that, and I can keep making mistakes and not playing well. And there's nothing they can do about it. So, do you think a goalkeeper that, like I said, is in between a, a young kid and and Keeler Navas? Do you think that should be on Campos's um, list of things he needs to do this summer? Yeah, I haven't thought about that, but that's not a bad idea. Um... I do agree. We probably want someone a little better than Sergio Rico if we're going to give him competition, but we also don't want someone on 11 or 12 mil a year like Keller Navas. Um, I just wonder, you know, I just, I, I kind of share with Campos this mentality of just being frugal on transfers. So if we can get a solid goalkeeper on a free, maybe an older guy, a guy that's kind of thinking that, you know, I'm at the end of my career I'll just go here to be a solid backup, but maybe if he's a good enough kind of player, he could challenge Donnarumma, then that's not a bad idea, but I hadn't really thought of it a lot. Yeah, I think the audio just cut out. Sorry. I had myself on mute. Oh, um, there you go. Okay. It's okay. okay. Uh, no, I was just Albin Lafont at Nantes. If they get relegated, is he the type of player yeah. that you could get to bring in? Maybe. Um, I've always really liked him. Um, a lot and I think he would be a, a great player with a lot of upside he's got some experience he's bounced around a little bit in Europe I think it would be great if we could get him in as, as a number two and, and maybe sell it to him like look Donnarumma has not really impressed so you know keep your boots laced and, and be ready to go <laughs> That's that sort of thing and and maybe that'll get the best out of Donnarumma because I, I still rate Donnarumma very highly um, I, I thought they made the right decision in, in keeping him and letting Navas go but 
he, he's got to get it together. Going into next season, we cannot have any more of his silly mistakes. He's got to be better with his feet. He's got to be better distributing the ball. And just no silly goals. That's what's going to cost us in the Champions League. So I like LaFond. Is there anyone? It's okay if you don't have anyone, but is there anyone out there else that you think could be an option? No, but uh, no one on the top of my head. But I'm just thinking, uh, do you know if LaFont is on the last year of his contract? I know that might not matter if he's at potentially relegated not. But um, I, I guess any goalkeeper who could, uh, you know, it's at the end of their contract, I guess. For anyone listening, you Ooh. can just go to Transfer Marked and, and look it up. I just looked him up. He's uh, 24 years old. His contract expires in 2024. So if they get relegated, okay. they would probably be looking to get something for him for sure. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. And if there's any other kind of goalkeeper like him, like I said, anyone watching could check Transfer Marked for expiring contracts on goalkeepers, then that wouldn't be bad. My one concern is that he's only 24. He might not want to submit to being the second keeper just yet, which is why I was thinking if we got a guy in their you know early to mid thirties, uh, we don't want a dinosaur yet. You know, let's not bring Buffon back or anything like that. But um, yeah, someone like that I think would be maybe like a good a, idea, though. I didn't really... a, a, a Chesney. Uh, is he still at Juventus? Maybe a player like that. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, he might demand a large wage bill, but yeah, someone like that probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Your days are numbered, Donnarumma. Get it together or hit the bench. We'll see what happens in there. So we can put a pin in that one. Let's get into a little bit of the drama here, Ethan. So there was a photo of, uh, or actually there was a shot during the game of PSG players who weren't in the squad today, but they had traveled. I think it was, um, what was it? Presno Kipembe had posted on his Instagram. It was him, Hakimi, Mukiele, Mendez, Marquinhos, and Fabian Ruiz. They were flying uh, for the game. They weren't playing. Some were injured. Some just weren't playing. Um, and so they, they wanted to be there. Neymar wasn't there. He wasn't photographed, and he wasn't at the game, except that he did post on his Instagram that he was watching the game on TV. I just want to get your thoughts. Is this a bad look for Neymar that all of these other players who are injured or not playing were going there to support the team, winning the 11th title, to, to be there to celebrate that, and, and he's in you know parts unknown watching it on TV? And, and let's also not forget, it's not like he can't travel because he, he went to Barcelona. I think the visit was his son or something, but it was also happened to be when Barcelona was winning their title. So it's like he can travel with that bum ankle. Why couldn't he go to Strasbourg? Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, I, I know a lot of this spring is um, he hasn't even been in France or hasn't even been in Europe. So I just wonder if maybe he was in Brazil when that happened. But if he's in France, then he really should have traveled. I agree with you there. I guess there's no way of, of knowing. I feel like whenever he posts – those kind of stories. Uh, he's typically in Brazil, but I, I can't assume that he was. Um, I'm thinking maybe this is not that he is. I mean, we. I don't think I can look into this too much in this context, but maybe him not being there is a slight allusion to him uh, wanting to leave this summer, or you know, maybe there's a legit interest in him leaving. So I don't know. Other than that, I mean, if he was in Brazil then I get that he's just not going to be there because he's been doing a lot of his rehab there. But I do feel like he, he's he been back in in France for a bit, and I haven't heard anything about him leaving. So 
Um, yeah, who knows? But y- you always got some hot Neymar takes, so uh, let's hear it. I just think it's terrible. I mean, if you can get to Brazil for you know your your rehab, if you can get to Barcelona to, to visit your kid or whatever, you could get to Strasbourg to celebrate with your teammates winning the title, the league title. If PSG is in your heart, if you love the badge, if you want to stay, get your butt to Strasbourg. I don't, I don't care what betting website is paying you to promote their, you know, online poker nonsense and and everything else. It's like, I don't, I, I really don't care what the excuse was. It's kind of like with Messi. I don't care what you were doing in Saudi Arabia. You had a training session. You need to be there. It, it, I think it is very bad when Kempembe, with his busted knee, is able to get over there to Strasbourg and celebrate. That's what it means to Kempembe. He came up through the ranks. He's got the, the club it in is, his heart. Yeah. He mm-hmm. goes to Strasbourg. Neymar, I, any little excuse. I just I can't make it. I'm going to watch it on TV. I, I think I think that's a little horseshit, to be honest. I, I think he should have been there. I, I think that's Bush League, and I think that... Let's keep the Manchester United rumors, Chelsea rumors, Newcastle, whoever it is. Please, somebody, come in and, and put a bid in for Neymar because I'm, I'm about done with it, to be honest. Yeah, and I think you can definitely attribute some of it to PSG's one of their biggest problems the last um, you know, six, seven years. Whenever we started getting knocked out in the round of 16 every year of the Champions League, because um, I know the first like four or five years that we qualified, we made the quarterfinals four or five times in a row. And then after that, we only got, uh, you know, knocked out in the round of 16 for a while uh, before that uh, finals run. But right about that time, it feels like we really started getting guys who uh, were really just coming there for the money. I- I'm thinking that probably because I feel like, yeah, we-, we had a big transfer spending the first couple of years of the QSI era. But the wage bill wasn't bad. Um, but around 2018, I think, is when the wage bill started to get a little higher than usual. And I'm just thinking that's probably about the time where we just got all these guys that, you know, more than we had before that just won't fight for the badge. So, um, I mean, it seems like I think it's pretty clear in do or die situations that Messi isn't going to fight for the badge. I can't say it. We're not surprised. It's not like that's – and I'm not even sure that's a knock on him just because he doesn't love PSG. It was just his only option back in, in 2021. But um, I know that you know Neymar says he, he loves uh, PSG and he loves Paris, but I, I think a lot of times it really seems like he just loves Paris and not PSG. So, yeah, I would agree. Probably not a good look. It's It, it does seem like more of this Bush League stuff. I mean – just like you said earlier, uh, all of Bayern, they were celebrating winning the Bundesliga. Every time they win the Bundesliga, they're they're hyped. They're out with their giant things of beer. You see those? They're like they're like two liter things of beer. Yeah, they're always they're always super excited for it, and they cherish every single one, even though they've won it eleven straight times. We've we've won it. You know, I, this is I almost said only, which would have sounded ridiculous, but I think we've won it only eight of the last. Uh, 11 seasons or nine of the last 11. So it's not like we've even had this 11 Pete like them, but they still, you know, they, they cherish it every single time. And it doesn't seem like we have guys who cherish it as much. We, I think this is, this probably stems a little bit to the culture of, we just don't have that many guys who will fight for the badge. I mean, you even look at guys like Byron today, uh, Jamal Musiala, you know, their, their wonder kid uh, that they bought from Chelsea for super cheap a couple years ago. 
He's German. He scored their league-winning goal in the 89th minute with a great shot outside the box. And everyone was so hyped for him. You know, it's he's one of their own. And I just hope someday that a guy like Warren Zyre Emery or Garby or Husney can do something like that for us uh, because we, we need guys like that who will, you know, really fight for the badge. And I will say one last little thing. I don't think uh, – I see a lot of people on – on Twitter that'll say, you know, oh, we, there are some just purists, I guess you could call them, who don't want to see as many non-French players in in the club. And some people will blame Messi for the culture drop or Neymar for the culture drop. I just don't think that's that's true at all because you see some of our best teams in the 90s had a bunch of Brazilian players, and those dudes love PSG. So I, I wouldn't uh, – you know, put it down to a, a nationality thing. Just thought I'd mention that. I feel like I've been seeing more of that on Twitter lately, and it, I feel like it's a bunch of BS. So I don't think the nationality matters. It's just if you really love the club, then I want you here. Uh, just because in the era of, you know, clubs where every, everyone nowadays grew up rooting for Real Madrid, Barcelona, or a Premier League club, and me as a French-American, I always grew up supporting PSG. And, I mean, there's plenty of young kids in in France that love PSG. Just get more of those guys in the club. That, that'll that probably – I know I went on about this culture thing, and I kind of stemmed away from the, the Neymar topic a bit. You're but fine. You're fine. I just, I just thought it would be mentioned. So I think that's how it's going up. No, your points are all well taken, and, and I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, just before we move on, I'll bring it back to the Neymar thing. You know, Kempembe is rehabbing a very serious. I, I think I said it was knee, but I think it was his Achilles, right? So no one told Kempembe to hop on a plane and go celebrate. I think Mendez, right? He's injured. He was going to miss the end of the season. No one, I'm sure, told him, "Hey, get on a plane." These guys did it because they wanted to. Uh, Fabian Ruiz, he's been in great form here lately respect for him the fact that he's on that plane i just love that this group of guys got together they they look like they're really gelling together they're having a good time they wanted to be there they want to be part of a team that's what we need more of not neymar sitting watching a tv by himself and wherever he was and so i just wanted to point that out i just i think that was terrible i think it's telling and hopefully we can move him on this summer. Um, great player, but just always injured and doesn't seem like he wants to be part of the overall team. So we'll keep it moving. Let's talk about his uh, Neymar's friend, Messi, because he scored via an assist from Mbappe and made history. He became the top scorer in the history of the five major European championships with 496 goals. He also leads the league on an assist this season. And so we all know he is all but gone after June 30th. What type of player do you think PSG needs in order to replace him and have an even more successful season next year? Or is it maybe two players that could come in and do Because as much as I kind of roast Messi for what he did missing training, his, you can't argue with the numbers. So how is PSG going to go about replacing that? I mean, um, not to say that he just can be replaced super easily, uh, but Angel Di Maria still has the the league record for assists in a season. Um, so we, we can get assists from, from quality players. They don't need to be guys like Messi who uh, won't press and will uh, be on wages of $63 million a year uh, or 60, whatever he's on. It's in the mid low 60 range. Um, so we can get guys like that, but um, 
If we're going to move on from him and Neymar, then we're going to probably need a, a good 10, a good creative attacking midfielder. In that case, we've been linked with Bernardo Silva a lot lately. That would be a great signing. Uh, I think the market for 10s this summer is is pretty good. Um, I don't know why I'm spacing on all these other guys right off the top of my head, but I think a, a good 10 would be would be the way to go um, unless mm, – it's, it's tough to say because I'm assuming we're going to stick with the three at the back next year. And we could – I feel like our best formation is when we're off playing with a – a three four one two, which in that case, I mean, an attacking midfielder, like I said, and a good number nine, preferably someone who's at least a decent aerial threat, so that there's somewhat of a threat of of crosses because we've been missing that for a couple of years, and I feel like it's it's definitely hurt us in times, you know, because the 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 bread and butter of teams when they're losing and they desperately need a goal is get it out wide and just launch it into the box. And we can't do that. So whenever we need to score a goal, teams just know, play very, very narrow, very deep back line, and just force them to take shots outside the box. And even though we've got great finishers, we've got guys who can shoot long range really well, uh, it's just statistically still the odds are very, very against us. So that's, yeah, I think to replace... Messi, we either got to go with uh, get a true right winger uh, like Di Maria was for a long time for us, and then a nine, or if we're going to decide to play a little more narrow, then just get a, a good attack midfielder and a true nine. But either way, you need a true nine next year. That's not quite replacing Messi because uh, he's not quite that player, but it's it's de- definitely a tactical need for next season. I think, yeah, you, you kind of took the, what I was going to say. I think uh, getting a striker in, Oshiman is one who I think is just going to be too expensive. Harry Kane's been floated out there. I think maybe PSG would take him. Whether he would come to France, I, I highly doubt that. Um, but he, I don't he, think he would. Yeah. I, I don't think he would either. Um, you know, a winger, maybe could we bring back a Musa Diaby? I think he would be fantastic to come back. And um, But there's been some other players um, that have been rumored. I'm just kind of looking at some of the rumor mill here. Yeah. What about Kolo Mwani? Yeah, Kolo Mwani could be good. What about the, the striker at Benfica? Ramos is his name, right? I think he scored against yeah. us in the group stage. Gonzalo Ramos, or however you say his name. I think that's his name. Yeah, Gonzalo uh, Ramos. Yeah, yeah, I think he's been linked. So, yeah, I think a striker. And then could you get a Bernardo Silva in in the midfield? And, heck, if you could get another winger. I think two two or three of those type of players could come in and absolutely replace what Messi, probably on the same wages combined as what Messi is making. So Exactly. Yeah, you know, so when we say, like, it's time for Messi to go, yes, we acknowledge he's had a great season here, and it's also why I don't think that he's going to go to Saudi Arabia because I think he still is playing at a pretty high level. I think he's going to go back to Barcelona. They're going to figure that out money-wise. I think that's that's where he's going to go. But it's not all doom and gloom for PSG. We can replace what... Messi has done so that that was the whole point of that question is because a lot of people a lot of fans are you know seeing what Messi's doing like the link up between him and Mbappe is certainly something that's been very impressive especially late in the season and so to lose him it's like okay well what are we going to do now but we got this I think Campos is smart he's going to find the right player so um Ethan let's keep it moving here I want to talk about Christoph Gaultier he gets his league on trophy um Congratulations to him, but he's also, like Messi, likely to be gone. 
Many will point to the failures in the Champions League this season, but let's also not forget those allegations about his time in Nice either. Those are pretty awful stuff there. So what do you make of all of the the coaching rumors lately? I saw Luis Enrique, uh, Jose Mourinho, of course Zidane's always in there. Our old friend Carlo Ancelotti seems to be out of favor at Real Madrid. Uh, Jonathan Johnson at CBS Sports, he wrote a piece for us and he thought maybe Diego Simeone, Antonio Conte, and even Jurgen Klopp could come in and, and add some much needed discipline and toughness to this squad. When the coaching carousel ends, who the hell is it going to be, Ethan? Who are we going to be looking at as coach here? Gosh, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I think if I had to guess right now, if I had to guess, uh, I'm going to go Mourinho. If I had to guess right now, although apparently, you know, in the last couple of weeks, apparently Enrique has been rumored a lot. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. His recent Spain sides in the World Cup were just abysmal with creating chances. I mean, their possession football is great, but possession doesn't mean anything if you're not creating chances. So I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't know how feasible the Jurgen Klopp idea is, but if if it's a reality, then I think it would be great. I think he's a great culture coach, like you kind of referenced. Um, and maybe, I know that he said, I mean, I think he's a really uh, smart and down-to-earth guy, and he said, you know, Mo, Mo Salah knows that none of us are too good of players, too high and mighty to n- not play in the Europa League next year. Uh, but I just wonder if he still wants to be in the Champions League. So I'm not quite sure, but I would guess Mourinho. And um, just for anyone listening, I apologize. I think my cats are meowing at me. I think they're kind of <laughs> needy right now. So if you're hearing meowing, it's on my end. So I can't, I can't but, hear yeah, the what, meowing, but I can't speak to what our listeners can hear. So. <laughs> Yeah, but what? Who? If you had to guess, who? Yeah, who our coach is going to be by you know end of Ju- or mid July? Then who would you who would you put your money on right now? Yeah, the Luis Enrique doesn't thrill me for many of the reasons you said. Jose Mourinho is the one kind of like. Do we just put all of our chips in and bring him in? We've seen what he's been able to do across Europe. We, we know his personality, so he's got the CV. He'll come in and, and command respect immediately. It's just all the drama. He's going to say things in the media. He's going to you know, kind of blast some of the players who maybe aren't play, performing up to his standards. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of drama with him, but I think it's it could be a, a really good return for PSG. I think he knows how to win. He does command respect. So I like that one. We've talked about this before. I, I think Nagelsmann would be a really interesting choice, but he doesn't he doesn't have that cachet of Mourinho. So that that's where he, his kind of downside would be. Um, Ancelotti, I don't see him coming back. Um, Zidane, I don't see him coming. Simeone, I don't see him coming. And plus, he plays a, a really defensive style. He wouldn't know what to do with a player like Mbappe. Uh, Conte, no. I would probably put Klopp third on my list. So I would pay, put... Mourinho number one, Nagelsmann two, Klopp third. But I, Klopp is a, is a guy who is very forward thinking, and the the thought of him coming to PSG and doing what Nasser tells him to do, I just think that is too big of a culture clash. So I don't think he would ever even consider uh, taking the PSG job. But I would take him. I'll put him on my list at, at third. So I think yeah. it's still uh, Mourinho for me. I think he's still yeah. when it stops, he's going to be the manager. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's you know it's funny about what you just said right at the end about Klopp and the culture clash. Isn't it sad that uh, I mean we're obviously blessed to be PSG supporters and we're winning league titles most years and we're in the Champions League knockout rounds. We're in the last sixteen, you know, basically every year now. I mean we've qualified for the last sixteen every single year we've been in the competition uh, since we you know in the QSI era. But it's crazy that uh, our um, there's this, this potential culture clash between Klopp and QSI, just because you would think that if you had a world-class manager like that, a guy that's clearly proven, I mean, he had a great, great season with Liverpool to win the Premier League that one time a couple years ago. Um, I mean, they were just so clinical, so clutch. And then he's won the Champions League. And to think that a guy like Nas- Nasser might try and boss him around is just crazy. To me, that just shows, because I think we all would agree that that'd probably be the case. And I just think that is so telling of how uh, backwards QSI is. Uh, I know that if anyone listens to this, I'm always a big QSI hater, but just uh, it's crazy that they wouldn't just hand over the reins to someone who really knows what they're doing. Um, just thought I'd point that out. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I also think like the the Qatar sports washing the whole thing. I just don't think that's Klopp's vibe, and I just don't think it would go well. I don't. I just think the it's not a good match. I don't think it would work. But love to have them. Um, last question, Ethan. Let's dive into it. Um, have any of PSG's transfer rumors excited you here lately? Um, Manuel Ugarte. Hopefully, I pronounced that. He seems to be a player, at least on Twitter. A lot of PSG supporters are excited about. He's a defensive midfielder. Absolute need for us. He's 22 years old, so perfect age. Um, Cares to get your thoughts on him. Lucas Hernandez is another name being floated about. Uh, Colo Moani, we talked about earlier, is a name still linked with a move to PSG. Uh, any of those players doing anything for you? Yeah, so I know that I believe in the last episode, I think we talked about Sangare in the Netherlands, and I feel like he's pretty, he's a somewhat similar uh, role and vibe to Ugarte. So I think we really need a a good six this summer. And I don't think that, I mean, just financially, we're trying to, we should be trying to be frugal right now. I don't think that we should be going in super big for the very top guys. So if we can get one of those kind of guys who is, you know, established, but he's, he's going to improve even more once we sign him, then that's the kind of guy that I want. So one of those guys I think would be great because we really need a six this summer. We just really need an anchor in the midfield. Every time that we're getting you know thrashed in a Champions League game, I just feel like we don't quite have that anchor and Verratti can't do it all by himself. So definitely that. Um, when I first heard the Lucas Hernandez uh, rumor, my first thought was, oh, sweet, that would be nice. But then I thought about it for about 30 seconds and I, I looked into his profile a little more and He's been injured way more than I thought he was. I know that he got that the ACL tear at the World Cup, but even before then, a lot of injuries. Uh, he's a very outspoken Marseille fan. And like I said, we need guys who will fight for the badge. So if he wants to go play at Marseille and win zero trophies, then all freedom to him. Um, and we already have an injured-prone left back in Juan Bernat. Yeah, we do. And hopefully Nuno Mendes doesn't turn into that too because – He's been a little bit injured lately, but he's so good when he's healthy. But if if we got a guy like Hernandez, that'd be perfect because he could play left back if needed in, in a pinch, and we should probably move on from Bernat this summer. And, I mean, just 
I think we're going to have center backs in a good spot next season with Skriniar coming. Uh, it seems like he's healthy now. He was on the bench for Inter's last game. Who knows? I don't think they'll start him in the Champions League final because I think they'll roll with who they who got them there this this spring. But he'll be on the bench, I'm sure. And he had a great season for them before his big injury. Um, but I think center backs will be in a pretty good spot after that. So, yeah. And then who was the last one you said? Oh, Cole Mwani. I mean, I don't know who yeah. we're going to go for as a nine. I said uh, uh, Gonzalo Ramos. Other than that, I mean, yeah, like a, a good number nine. I, I was mentioning Ramos from Portugal because I feel like he's in that second tier of uh, strikers that, that clubs are going to be looking to go after. And I don't think that we should be going for those top strikers that are going to demand a $100 million fee or more. Uh, like I said, we need to be going after guys that are established but they aren't quite on the world stage yet. Kind of like how uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was when he was at Sporting in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew that he was a very good player, and he was going to end up being very good. Uh, but he went from Sporting to United and turned out being very good. And it's just because he wasn't in a top five league. Technically, they're, they're six, but you could definitely argue top five, which is why I kind of use the phrase top seven more. I just feel like... You know, any of the bottom four clubs in that list could be in any order at any time. But, uh, you know, it just it's it's good that we're going after, you know, guys like Vitinha. Vitinha, I think, will end up being great for us Sunday. Great buy from Campos out of Portugal. And I would just love Mendes to see out of Portugal uh, did exactly. really well yeah. for us. Yeah. Yeah. We're building a good, uh, you know, base from Portugal. And I think it would be good if we also start building a good base from the Netherlands as well, considering that they're that other top league. I mean, both of those leagues are very strong, very competitive. Those clubs and the clubs that are at the top of those leagues do well in the champions league each year. So I feel like we got to be trying to sap all the talent from those, those countries. And then obviously France when we can, but I just don't think it's wise that we're, you know, to go after dudes that are highly touted and, and there's a big want for them in places like England and Spain, just because we know that the transfer fees they're going to pull are just going to be massive. And I just don't think that's the smartest way of doing business right now. Agree. I mean, I was, I don't know if you watched the, what is it? Luton versus whatever that other team was. And oh, Coventry. Yeah. Coventry. Yeah, and they, and yeah. they said the yeah. winner of that is like 200 million dollars or euros, whatever the exchange was yeah. just by winning that game. And it's like, you're right. Like, PSG should not be competing with Luton for like a, a star player in the Bundesliga. So maybe you're right. Maybe we go to Portugal. Maybe we go to, um, you know, some of the like go to a club like Ajax or PSV with Sangare. And can you get can you get a player like that that maybe while the the Premier League teams are looking in France and the Bundesliga and paying a premium, could we find players that are of equal talent but lesser value and pay, and pay less for those type of players? So I like yeah. that. That's a really good yeah, idea. The, I would argue that's exactly how Bayern has been winning. I mean, they've been Champions League contenders for most seasons in the last 12 years. And their their Champions League winning side from a couple years ago when they beat us in the final, a lot of guys from those leagues, not that this team, I mean, this is like their weakest team in forever, but uh, they just, they have so many guys that they took from the Netherlands on this current squad. And a lot of them are good young players. So I feel like we are in the same class as Bayern where the, these are clubs that we don't make the revenue 
of teams in England and Spain just because their TV deals are so much larger. But Bayern have obviously, I've always complimented them. They're like one of the best run clubs in the world, typically, not this year. Uh, but just the way they manage their finances is always so good. And if we can just replicate something like that with them, and we've even got a much greater talent hotspot in Paris. I mean, Bavaria has good players. Thomas Mueller's from there, and they have some one-club men that have been great. But uh, with all due respect, Paris is a, a greater football hotspot 100%. than Bavaria. So if we can do similar to what Bayern is doing and be smart with our money, they, have, they do not have that high of a net transfer spend in the last 10 years. We do something similar to them, and we just let it ride. We just have faith for 10 years. I promise you we will win multiple Champions League titles. And one player from the Netherlands, hopefully we can get, Javi Simmons. Hopefully he, yes. we can convince him to come back. He's the player we haven't mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be great. So a lot of work to do. I think we say this on every episode, every episode is Campos. I, I don't know why we're not getting deals done. Chelsea had that Nkuku deal done a year in advance. Like, let's get it going. Let's start signing players, either pre-contracts or whatever we need to do. But let's get, let's get things ready to go and so that we can hit the ground running when the window opens and just – Hope hope the PSG social media team is ready because I, I hope we have a lot of uh, uh, announcements and, and outgoing players as well. Ethan, why don't we leave it there? We're up on an hour here. We've covered a lot of territory. All said, PSG are champions of France once again. Celebrate PSG fans if you're listening to this. It's certainly one worth celebrating. It's been a difficult season, but it ends with a trophy. So let's celebrate that and look forward to a fun uh, transfer window in the summer. Ethan, any final words from you? Um, no, I don't think so, except Ali Perry. There you go. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.